Listen. Just listen. I'm Ozzie Totten, and you're listening to a Second Story podcast. Second Story is a hybrid performance series, a collaboration among writers, performers, musicians, and others to create good stories and good times. The stories are written by the performers themselves, sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, always thought-provoking. And now... Hello, uh, my name is James Anthony Zoccoli, and for that seven-syllable, 19-letter reason, most of my friends refer to me by my initials, Jazz. Uh, actually, my last name is pronounced Zoccoli in Italy, or Zoccoli in Chicago. I'm half Italian, half Polish, and all black. Let me explain. First, meet my father, Big Jim. Jimmy! Yo, Jim! Hey, Chooch! Listen up, we got things to see and people to do. Time to get this show on the road. We're burning daylight, kid. Okay, look. I want to tell you three things you should always remember. Number one. Va piano, va sano, va lontano. That means go safe, go slow, go far. Capiche? Okay, number two. All broads are women, but not all women are broads. You follow me, kid? Okay, good. And number three, whatever you do, don't get married, Jim. It's a freaking trap. You stay single, buddy, and you bang them all, huh? Do it for your old man. So my Polish-American mother divorced my Italian-American father and was remarried to my African-American dad, Mr. Bell. Jimmy, what the hell you doing playing with that stray dog, boy? What if he bites you? Who gonna pay the doctor bill? Boy, get your black ass in this house, Jimmy, now. My black ass? Well, all right. And that was pretty much how the man who worked with my mom at the hospital, the man who she started dating and eventually married, the man who I called Mr. Bell, became dad. Obviously, it's a little more complicated than that. Complicated enough that I've actually written a whole one-man show dedicated to that very subject, yet simple enough to be boiled down to one question. What are you? Half Italian, half Polish, all black. That's my joke. As a kid, I was pretty darn funny and pretty darn smart. Smart enough to know better than to feel responsible for the fact that my parents had gotten divorced when I was three years old, and funny enough to be able to use my sense of humor to get through the tough times. If humor is a defense mechanism, I was Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon. (laughs) The living room was my Shaolin temple. The television was my shrine. His style was tiger. Mine was python. Monty Python. (laughs) After the divorce, my mom and I zigged and zagged south side to north side and back again. Oak Lawn, Orland Park, Matson, Rogers Park with my Polish family and Italian family, both. Then my mother married Mr. Bell and we moved to Hyde Park, all by the time that I was eight years old. After a couple years there, they decided that they wanted to own a home and make babies and that there might be better places to educate a child than in the Chicago public school system. So our new family headed north to Evanston, the suburb that is more herb than sub. 
probably the perfect multicultural community to live as a biracial family. Yet my head was still spinning from all the moving and changing. So when people asked me, what are you? I didn't know what to say. Due partially to my own internal conflict, partially to my apparent ambiguity. I mean, I related to everybody. I could identify with anybody, and nobody could tell what I was. My hair was sort of wavy. My nose was sort of big. My skin was sort of olive. So everybody I met always assumed that I was whatever they were, or at least their parents did. You are Greek, no? <laughs> no. But I love the mythology of your people. Uh, you are Jewish, yes? No, but I love the self-deprecating comedy of Jackie Mason. Uh, what are you, are? Uh, Armenian, eh? No, but I love me some shish kebabs. In Evanston, there were people from countries that I had never even heard of before, and some that sounded downright fictitious. Estonia. You made that up. <laughs> Belize, police. <laughs> Latvia, that's an imaginary comic book place, right? <laughs> and in Evanston, there were combinations that I would have never imagined. Afro-Slovakian, for example. <laughs> One of my best friends in grade school was half Japanese and half Irish, like our DJ. My parents' best friends were a black man with a Jewish wife whose children were bluish. There was even a kid in school who had a father from Israel and a mother from Palestine who was Hebrew-Stinian. So I could have been anything in the world from anywhere in the world, and it wouldn't have mattered, but all I wanted to be was anything but me. In grade school, there were times when my international multilingual classmates would see my black dad drop me off on a Monday morning, and my white father pick me up on a Friday afternoon, and then riddle me with questions that I could only answer with more questions. Why do you care? What difference does it make? How did your family get to America? Did you guys see the Cosby show last night? In time, race and ethnicity became less about what I really was and more about what I wanted to be. Afro-Polskitaliano. Actually, being Evanstonian meant more to me than being Caucasian. After a couple years there, my siblings were born. First, my brother. 11 months later, my sister. And they were beautiful. And those beautiful little babies were everything that I wanted to be because they didn't have to decide whether to be black or be white. They got to be both. Both. That is my favorite word. Why, you may ask, is it because of the sound or the meaning? And I will tell you both. Next time you see it on the page, just notice that strange collection of letters. Try saying it really slowly or 10 times really fast and you'll begin to wonder if it is even really a word. Regardless, whenever I'm confronted with two options, it is usually my answer. Would you like soup or salad? Both. Toast or bagel? Both, please. Chocolate or vanilla? Both, thank you. When my grandparents asked me, what do you want for Christmas, Jimmy? The Star Wars action figures or the Guns of Navarone playset? I, of course, said both. I'm from Chicago, so people wonder south side or north side, city or suburbs, both. House or hip-hop, ska or reggae, both of both of those. Cubs or White Sox, what do you think? When the judge asked me, do you want to live with your mother or father? I answered, 
both. When my friends ask me, who do you love more, Big Jim or Mr. Bell? I can honestly say both. Between your African-American dad and your Italian-American father, which one would you say most influences your mannerisms and behavior? Absolutely, without a freaking doubt, you best believe, child, both. <laughs> which one of those two men would I call my best friend? Neither. That distinction actually belonged to my mother. We grew up together. Between her divorce from my father and her remarriage to my dad, we lived by ourselves in a series of small apartments with a pet parakeet named Crystal and an occasional anonymous cockroach. <laughs> Together, we would stay up late, late, late to watch the late, late movie and caught up all the old-time classic television shows that came on after the news. While my mom was a single mother, in order for her to have a socialite, I, too, had to become a socialite. When she was invited to a party, the invitation had to include me. Every weekend, I became a miniature disco fashion plate. Little suits, big collars, bright colors, festive prints, and roller skates. I said a hip, hop, the hibby, the hibby, said a hip, hip, hopper, you don't stop the rockin' to the bang, bang, boogie, said up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie, the beat. Jimmy, cut that rap shit out! You guys... My black dad hated the rap music. <laughs> this struck me as strange. I mean, there were a lot of things about Mr. Bell that struck me as strange. I mean, when we finally moved in with Mr. Bell, this was one of the biggest surprises. Dirty looks from strangers and dirty words from my family were almost to be expected, even in the late 70s. But this truly struck me as strange. He did a number of things that struck me as strange. He frequently bowled. He enjoyed the occasional game of tennis. Around the house during weekend chores, he often went shirtless wearing brown leather sandals with black socks pulled up to his knees. He loved the music of Elvis, also the acting of Elvis. Now don't get me wrong, he also taught me how to play basketball and instilled in me a profound appreciation for the music of Isaac Hayes, also the acting of Isaac Hayes. He taught me the value of colorized westerns, overdubbed kung fu flicks, and cult classic horror movies. As a matter of fact, my black dad taught me everything. Order, Jimmy, put them records up before you go outside to play. Because I said so, boy. Well, look, if you're going to listen to him later, then just take him out later. Boy, stop arguing with me. Jimmy, just say okay. Just say okay, Jimmy. Conservation. Jimmy, why, why are the lights on in your bedroom and you're out here watching TV in the living room? Well, look, boy, when you pay the electric bill, you can leave all the lights on you want. But in this house, we close the lights when we leave the room. <laughs> Etiquette. Jimmy. Jimmy, put them potato chips in a bowl or something. Don't take the whole bag and then dig your dirty ass hand up in there. I got to eat after you. Oh, you come inside from playing and I know you don't wash your hands. You've been rolling in dirt, wrestling, scratching your balls, playing with stray dogs and shit. That's nasty, Jimmy. Matter of fact, you just eat all of them chips now, shoot. And even though he wasn't really my father, and even though I wasn't really black, Having a black man as a father figure instilled in me what could only be described as black pride. Dang, Jimmy, why are you always trying to act black and stuff? I ain't trying to act black. I'm just trying to be me. Yeah, that's right, me. And you don't know me. You don't even know me, shoo. 
okay, fine, maybe I was acting black, but I didn't have to try, it just came naturally. I mean, not to disrespect my European-American heritage, but come on, y'all. Hockey, heavy metal, mullets, hoop, hip-hop, high-top fades. And this is the 80s we're talking about, so the choice was clear. God, I want to be black! I want beautiful black skin and kinky hair that my friends can cut with clippers. I want a wave cap, an African medallion, and a ticket on the soul train. I want black power to overcome white supremacy. But what I want more than anything else is for black people to look at me with respect and solidarity instead of suspicion and resentment. I mean, I resented the fact that I was supposed to have an advantage. I didn't want to be born white. Ugh. And there was a movie called White Men Can't Jump, and the soundtrack was named White Men Can't Rap. And White People Can't Dance was a joke cracked by all of my favorite black comedians. And the last poets might have said it best when they said, the white man's got a God complex. So who on earth would want to be a white man? I do. Because I know better. I know better than to let history define my future. I know better than to assume that acting in a certain manner is always attributable to people of a certain ethnicity or that being born of certain ethnicities always makes people act in a certain manner. I know better than to think that acting white is speaking in a nasal voice about a neat Shakespeare production I saw at the Navy Pier and <laughs> spending Sunday doing some nifty home improvement projects. I know better than to think that acting black is talking in broke-ass English and listening to hip-hop music. But I can do both, y'all. Which is why I'm thankful for those admonishments that my dad gave me when I was 12 and a half. Which is why I'm thankful for the advice that my father gave me when I was 25. I mean, Mr. Bell worked two jobs, so we mostly saw each other on weekends. And there was a spell when Big Jim and I only saw each other twice in a decade. Once at a funeral and the other in court. Yet somehow, in their own way, they both made it their responsibility to teach me responsibility. Because it wasn't until I grew up that I realized how hard it is to be a grown-up, let alone be a parent. Because it's quite possible that the closest I may ever come to marriage and parenthood may be pregnancy and cohabitation. <laughs> but despite it all, I grew up into exactly the man I was supposed to be. A half Italian, half Polish, all black white guy who was born on the uh, south side, raised on the north side, and lived everywhere in between, who loves basketball and bowling, roots for the Cubs and the White Sox, listens to Elvis and Isaac Hayes, appreciates Shakespeare and hip-hop, who chooses both when confronted with two options and answers all of the above when given multiple choices. Thank you. <laughs> That was James Anthony Zaccoli. If his story gives you ideas for your own second story, we'd love to hear them. Please join us May 13th and 14th for our ongoing series at Webster's Wine Bar in Logan Square. Second Story Podcast is brought to you by Amanda Delheimer, Megan Steelstra, Bobby Badrisky, Sherry Pentamone, Mikhail Fixel, Nick Kawahara, Ozzy Totten, and Eric Hazen. Second Story is funded in part by the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, City Arts Grants, the Chicago Community Foundation, a part of the Chicago Community Trust, the Arts Works Fund, and generous support from our fans. For more information about Second Story, including a full list of our upcoming performances, information on becoming involved with Second Story, or to make a donation, 
please visit us on our website at secondstory.com. I'm Ozzie Totten, and thanks for listening. <laughs>